Yeah. Uh-huh. Listen. What's good, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy. Oh, man. You tuned in. Thank you for listening. Uh. Woo. Man, I just love how that beat comes in. Listen. Hey, you've tuned in to the Idea of Manhood podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind. This I just love this beat. I love how it comes in. Thank you, Mal Griff Entertainment, for providing that beat. Uh, you are tuned into the Idea of Manhood podcast. It's your boy, Five Mikes. Husband, father, educator, writer, MC. The microphone gives me wings. I'm so glad to be back. Man, oh, man. What is going on out there? Look, I, I, I wanted to start off right from the jump with the new segment. And in this new segment, I want to highlight, um, I want to highlight men in my circle, men that I know personally, everyday guys that are trying to do the right thing, that are out there doing the best that they can. You know, none of us are perfect. We're all far from perfect. But with so much negativity going on in uh, when we're talking about manhood and we're talking about men in general i think it's just important to use this platform to talk about everyday guys that are trying to do the best thing and i wanted to highlight for the first ever segment of you know just men doing great things i don't even know what i want to call it um is just my line brother my my good friend my brother my confidant my my road dog my day one for real uh, I won't use last names because I don't know. People get funny. I don't, I don't know. It don't bother me, but, you know, people crazy. But I want to shout out my boy SK. Uh, SK is my line brother. I'm a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. And um, SK is my line brother, but more so than that, he's my brother. He's my friend. And after last week's episode, SK hit me up. And, you know, it wouldn't be SK if he wasn't honest. You know, I could always depend on him, you know, for all of our history, from when we were in college to afterwards. If I was ever slipping, if I wasn't doing the right thing, if it was something that he thought was whack, you know, SK would tell me, like, yo, dog, you tripping. Like, like, what's going on? You know, and he called me after the last episode and he was like, oh, your, 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 your podcast was nice, you know, but, you know, so I know he's going to give me the honest truth. And he was like, you know, felt a little whiny, felt like you, you know, like you're doing a little bit too much whining, like you was, you know, focusing a little bit too much on yourself and not on, you know, not on the, the, the population, your listeners. And, you know, anytime you get constructive criticism for something that, you love and something that you put so much time and you're passionate about, you know, kind of like you kind of square up. Like I wanted to punch him. I want to steal him. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I know that if ever he's going to give me constructive feedback or just positive feedback, I know that that is his truth and he's going to come to me with that to make me better. And that's always been SK's role in my life you know what I'm saying and that means a lot to me you know 
I talk on here a lot about not having any friends and not really having anybody I can talk to and how this podcast is the only person or the only thing that listens to me. And I misspoke, man, because I do have folks out there and I can't take that for granted. I got my LB, my line brother, uh, SK has, has just been always a confidant for me and just someone that I can rely on to give it to me straight, pause and, um, you know, and, and I just really appreciate that. So I want to use this platform to, to show some appreciation for men in my life that, that you know, I'm not going to say are, are, have accomplished everything, but I'm just going to say that we're always trying to make ourselves better and, you know, steel sharpens steel, is that what they say? You know, and, and SK has always been the steel to my steel. And we butt heads, you know, we fight. I almost fought SK because he tried to tell me JMU's marching band wasn't as good as Norfolk State marching band. And I tried to, you know, I tried to rise up on him and he's like 6'3", 400 pounds. And I was like, relax. But, you know, in all seriousness, no. yo, SK, you know, I love you, man. I really appreciate that. And, and just I know I could always count on you to 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 call me in, not call me out, but call me in, bring me in and and show me that love in the way that you do. So I appreciate that. And I want to do that in every episode, just highlight, you know, a good story because... You know, after the last, you know, few weeks just being on this planet, in this country, watching the news, opening up a newspaper, turning on Twitter, it's like, as a man, you know, I I was really, and I am, really starting to, uh, I'm starting to, you know, think about how everything is like, yo, y'all men are trash. <laughs> that's such a common statement these days. Like, yo, that's trash. And I know just, you know, I know in these social media times, we're always looking for words and statements that capture a feeling or capture, you know, a general sentiment. And right now, that sentiment is men is trash. And I'm not even going to use correct grammar and say men are trash. I want to say men is trash. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I started thinking to myself, like, it was just thing after thing. And, you know, you got presidents and senators and, you know, all these politicians and entertainers and just people that, that all tended to point back to the fact that men is trash. And I was like, nah, we can't be all trash. You know, when you hear these things over and over and over again, and you got, you know, old people, old women, young women, you know, I saw some baby on line saying men are trash. And I was like, golly, the baby knows that? Like, yo, and you really start to think about your action. You start to internalize that. At least I did. You know, I started to internalize that. that yo, I'm not trash. Man, F y'all, I'm not trash, son. And, um, you know, I, I, I highlighted this a little bit last week in the first episode of season three that I was having a conversation in my office in my little office on my team is all women and me. And, um, you know, these are all powerful, strong, vocal, opinionated, you know, smart, intelligent women. And I couldn't even I didn't have anything to say back. 
And I was like, I read a story. I don't even know what it was. Something popped up on my news feed. Something came to me as a notification. And I turned around in my chair. I was like, yo, announcement. Are men trash? <laughs> and they all laughed. It was like, yeah, like we've been trying to tell you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was just like, no, like we all can't be trash, man. Like how am I going? I'm raising a son. I'm raising a daughter. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm just out here trying to do the right thing. I'm, I can't be trash. But then I started to think about the importance of of the statement and what that statement means in these times especially with what we know women have been trying to express to us and what women have been expressing to us for so long yo y'all trash man you know um whether it's women that have been you know, emotionally abused in relationships, physically abused, cheated on, lied to, taken advantage of, not getting the same pay for doing the same job, mistreated by the hands of their fathers and brother uh, and their brothers and their uh, partners, um, not being respected in their roles as mothers, and you know, being professional moms and and also the PTA president and doing this and staying fit and still trying to be sexy and still trying to be the boss and you know and it makes perfect sense why the sentiment at this time is that men are trash and as a man I turned around in my chair and I was like oh snap Men are trash. <laughs> I couldn't even, like, there was nothing, like, all I kept thinking about was, you know, even those of us that consider ourselves to be good men, you know, I don't like that good, I'm a, I'm a good man. You know, I don't like that, but even those of us that try to be good or that call ourselves being good, I kept on thinking about the stress that we put on our mothers and the pressure and the unrealistic expectations that we might put on our wives and our girls and our girlfriends. And the abuse, the abuse that we hand out to those that are most vulnerable and closest to us. You know, on the news every day, it's a new scandal of a man that has gone into an environment and taken from that environment whether it's taken actual lives whether it's taken energy whether it's taken um uh taken safety you know taking innocence taking love and not regenerating and putting back into that community and I thought to myself, nah, me, I don't do that, do I? That's not me, that's them. But I do that too. And if we're being, if I'm being honest and if I'm being truthful in the whole situation, that 
does that make does that within itself make me trash or does that in itself just make me a man so you get to that point where i don't ever want to be an apologist like i don't ever want to get into a space where it's like you know i'm apologizing for you know just just who i am and 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 how i've been placed into this society as a man as uh, as having a certain level of privilege i don't want to ever get to the point where like oh so i'm so sorry for what my people have done you know what i'm saying like i don't want to be that because i don't see the benefit in that i don't see i don't really see how that is going to fix the sentiment but when i turn on the my phone and I turn on the TV and the first thing is Senator Al Franken touched a woman who was sleeping and put his hands on her breasts and took a picture. And then the next thing I see is Sylvester Stallone trending on Twitter. I was like, ah, oh, damn, he died. He did, you know. But nope, Sylvester Stallone and his bodyguard forced a 16-year-old girl into a threesome in 1986. You know what I'm saying? When you see that, and then you see Bill Cosby, and then you see Bill Clinton, and you see President uh, President Bush, and and you see Tyrese trashing it up out here, and you see, you know what I'm saying? You see, you see, what's his boy's name? I'm going down, down, but Nelly, and you see, uh, um. You know, just all these examples. Jay-Z wrote a whole album about him processing through that journey of trying not to be trash anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, think, like, our biggest, um, our largest representatives, I'm not going to say stars, but... The folks that have everybody's attention all tend to have a trash line in them. Like to have a trash vector. You know what I'm saying? Like this one aspect of their life, whether how rich or how smart or how woke or how whatever they appear to be, Jesse Williams, um, you know, it's only a matter of time before they figure out how to make Colin Kaepernick trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a sobering thought that, man, just by the fact, because of the fact that I'm a man, that tends to lead to me being trash. Now, we could go into the whole semantics of you know, the word trash and it being kind of like a buzzword at this moment, you know, something easy, something that's graspable, that's that's tangible, you know, in this social media world. That's an easy definite. You know, everybody understands trash is bad. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times we don't take the time and we don't take the care to elaborate and to define what these things are, you know. A lot of times it's easier to just label, ah, oh, they that's trash, man. Trash. And we all do. We do it with a lot of things. But in this context, it's like, you know, 
as a man, I don't want to be trash. And I'm going to go out on the limb and say that most men don't want to be trash. You know, our intention is not to be trash. But, you know, we all know what the road to hell is paved with, right? We know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So our intentions are not enough. And so, again, I'm not going to be an apologist. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so sorry, woman, for all that we've done and all that we will continue to do. Lord, I'm sorry. Like, I don't ever want to be at that point because I feel that that's dangerous, too. And I'll talk about why in a minute. But I don't want to get to that point where, you know, it's an apology fest and we're wallowing and you know, where we're, we're not taking full accountability and, you know, we're like, no, nah, you know, I don't want to be in that line. But I also want to be able to directly and intentionally focus on the thing, not focus on. I want to be able to directly and intentionally. Um take proactive steps to contribute positively to the environments that I'm in and to give life into those environments and to properly use my privilege as a man to make everyone around me better and to acknowledge the good in everybody around me. And to not only acknowledge it, but to elevate it. I think that's what men are supposed to do. I think men are supposed to come into every environment, whether we have the perceived power or the actual power or whatever it is, we need to come into the environment, into that environment, that circle, and make the people around us better and stronger and more um, and, and more durable and, and, and to challenge the people around us appropriately to, to, to make them better, right? To provide that delicate balance of challenge and support to make people better. And I've said this on this podcast many, many times. We are not women, we are not made to be like women. We are not made to engage in situations with the sensitivity and the sensibilities and the emotional intelligence of women. So we have to be able to define and differentiate. I'm using educate. Like we have to be able to differentiate our impact in society to contribute in a way that gives life instead of taking, right? I think if you were to ask women why they're so tired all the time and why they're so frustrated and why, you know, why it's so much more challenging for them in different situations is because they feel as if they're being taken from, literally from 
actual life, you know, the, the process of them giving life is really people taking life away from them. And men, we have to recognize and look in the mirror and see that we're a part of that and make a conclusive, that's not the right word, and make a decision not to do that any longer and not to engage in our environment like that any longer. And so the main thing I was questioning is like, how? How do you do that? Like, what is it? You know what I'm saying? And the key to that, this is not, you know, I'm not saying I invented this theory or whatever, but I think the key to that is empathy. I think the key to men really being able to be men, whatever that means, we'll talk about that later, but the key to us differentiating our impact in our different environments, in our different circles, is to be able to utilize our power as men. We don't want to, see that's the thing. What I see a lot of times is men that are woke, quote unquote, in these spaces, you know, speaking on behalf of men and apologizing and, and tap dancing for women and, oh, you know, sisters, this, that, 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 is we're not sitting in our power. We're not acknowledging the fact that, yo, this is still the United States, this is still Western culture, this is still Eurocentric, you know, America. And that means that regardless of how much you, no matter how much you apply deference or no matter how much you play yourself small so that, da 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 da, that you're still a man in this con, like you're still you still have a certain level of power. And I feel that for black men in general, again, I'm speaking in a lot of sweeping generalizations and I don't generally like doing that, but for this podcast, I think I need to. I think that for black men, sometimes we don't see our power. We don't see the male aspect of our power because the blackness of our race seems to trump that that level of oppression of being black seems to overshadow in our eyes as men our power as men and a lot of us you know as being oppressed as black people a lot of times we're operating out of a sense of fear a sense of scarcity a sense of you know uh, 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 of hurt and pain and anger and a lot of us highlight those emotions the pain the hurt the anger the fear the scarcity we highlight those things and mask our privilege as men but that privilege is still there just because we don't acknowledge it. I'm, I'm sp speaking specifically as men of color, right? Or men that might be, that might have another, you know, aspect of their identity that is quote unquote minority or that is quote unquote 
um, uh, oppressed, quote unquote. We operate, I'm sorry, I just took a little sippity sippity sip. We operate um, by highlighting those things and not really being in tune with our power. And I think that the key to unlocking our power is being able to fully empathize with the people around us that also have different levels of vulnerability, different levels of, 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 of being a minority or being more vulnerable for whatever reason, right? So everybody everybody doesn't know but i i rec- since the last season i i have a new job and in and within my new job i'm doing a lot of work with equity and i'm and i'm utilizing different theories of equity to look at some of the uh injustices so to speak within education specifically with how uh families can be better engaged with the education system right so effective family engagement and looking at all of these different frameworks and these new things that I'm looking into uh, for work, I ran a, I ran across um, one of my favorite, I got reintroduced to one of my favorite uh, authors, scholars, researchers, Brene Brown. And I was looking up some work for empathy, uh, looking up some research and, and, and information on empathy. And she's one of the leading scholars in that area, really Focusing on how being more empathic, sometimes people say empathetic. I want you all to know that you can use both. Empathic and empathetic can be used interchangeably. Um, So being more empathic makes us better parents, makes us better professionals, it makes us better friends, it makes us better partners. To really be able to sit with someone that's going through something and say, hey, I'm I'm here, I I understand. No judgment. I'm not gonna put my spin on your vulnerability. I'm just gonna be here with you and listen and understand and utilize my power, or not even power in this case, what I'm the example I'm giving, but utilize where I am to be with you in this moment of vulnerability, right? So I was reintroduced and it kept on coming up like over and over again, but I'm looking at it from, I'm focused on education because that's what I was looking at. I was like, educate, you know, this is so important and I'm going out and I'm leading trainings and I'm talking to educators and I'm talking about the importance of equity, you know, as educators, yeah, equity and empathy. As educators, I'm thinking and I'm talking to, to staff and I'm saying, you know, we have to be able to empathize with our parents because even if parents are coming from all sorts of privilege, as educators, we have access to information that are going to make that, that, that parents don't have access to. And I, I kept on seeing these messages. I kept on hearing, you know, empathy. You got to be empathic. You got to listen. You got to really try to understand. You got to be non-judgmental. And then all of these conversations about 
men and gender and sexual assault and rape and me too and and um you know all of these conversations were happening at the same time and then a light bulb went off because when i talk to men a lot of the times a lot of times men just don't we get it but we don't get it like we see the me too's and you know, a lot of times we're just like, damn, like we get sad and we like, that's not me. I didn't, I ain't touch nobody like that. That was them. When I was in college, I was good. Like I always asked for permission. You know what I'm saying? Like whatever it is, you know what I mean? And um, it just caused me to think a little bit deeper and say, yo, this empathy thing is the key. The concept of empathy is the key to allow us not to be trash anymore. We have to sit within our power as men to understand or to try to understand, to hear, to listen, not even to understand yet, but just to listen and to hear what the women around us are telling us what the transgender community is telling us, what lesbian, what the LGBT community is telling us, what children are telling us, what, you know what I'm saying? We have to be able to sit within our power and to hear these stories and to hear it and not jump to the defensive and listen, I'm king defensive. You know what I'm saying? Like when all this, I told you, I don't, I don't know if I shared it on this podcast yet, but I know I definitely talked about it with quite a few people. There was an article that came out a few months ago from Very Smart Brothers talking about, you know, black men are the white men to black people. And I read that title and I read that article and I was enraged. I was like, how dare you? You don't know. Like, it was like, oh, you just, that was just an easy title for you to get some clicks. And while I believe that's partially true, I wasn't listening to the women around me that were like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, not you, so to speak. But who you represent, your daddy, your uncle, your brother, your cousin, them. Yeah, you are. Mm, and that hurt. And I was hurt, like, for real, for real. I was like, not me, son. I was holding on to that. Like, I'm not the one. Don't come to me with that black men or white. And it wasn't even black men. It was straight black men. So I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> That's my defensive voice. Oh, you just gonna remove gay men? They not, they, they not whatever you say, they not the gay white men of society. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that was just my fear. That was just my 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 inability to be vulnerable at that moment to be like, yo, I hear you. Can you imagine in those conversations that I had? It was a friend of mine that posted the article on her page. And I'm, I saw it when it came through. So I was probably the first one. I think my response was like, nope, not me. 
I'm not taking that on my back. F that. You know what I'm saying? And the article, all the article was saying is that black women in particular, this was talking about black women, are uh are 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 mostly abused by and treated poorly by black men the same way that black people are mostly abused by and treated poorly by white men you know like uh, that's a fact you know um now it's deeper than that like i don't necessarily subscribe to that entire frame of thought but there's some reality in that and i didn't take that moment are those moments in the days and weeks and months afterwards to just listen and be like, yo, you're right. Now, I didn't have to say anything after that. And that's the part where I kind of got, I kind of got caught in my own thing. Like, I didn't know, like, after you say, yeah, you're right, we, we're trash. You know what I'm saying? Essentially, it's like, yo, black men are trash. Straight black men are trash. Like, that's what the article, that's how I read it. So... Even if I agree, like I didn't know what to say next after that. I didn't know what to say, like, oh, you, you're right, and and we're gonna do our best to be better. That just didn't seem enough. That didn't seem like that was enough. That seemed weak. That seemed like it was missing something. But as I'm going through this conversations about empathy, I didn't have to say anything. Uh, and that's why I'm mad at myself because I didn't I didn't have to go and be defensive, and be like, but we're gonna do better. We gotta do right by our queens. Because that's what a lot of men did. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do better. We're... All you have to do in that moment is be empathic and say, you're right. It's fucked up. Y'all shouldn't have to go through that. Women shouldn't have to go through that. Black women shouldn't have to go through that. Period. I don't necessarily have to explain myself. I don't have to say, and we're going to do better by you because just because I like, got, that's not what that situation needed. It would have been so much more impactful and might've given peace to some of those women and men that were in that conversation. If I was just like, yo, you're right. Not even we have to do better. Just like, you're right. Mm. Damn. So in my scholarly journey, in my scholarly, scholarly search, you know, looking at Brene Brown and some of her research, you know, the idea of empathy is as follows. I'm going to give these four tips. You know, I'm not all for having notes. I really just like to speak from the heart. But these tips to me were so powerful uh, in the context of men using these to, to recognize and sit within our power to be better for the people around us, for the vulnerable around us. And so in her, in Brene Brown's research, what she saw as empathic was to be able to see the world as others see it. And this next nine was, this is what hit me. This is what hit me when I was like, yo, I'm trash. <laughs> to be able to see the world as others see it, this requires putting your own stuff aside to see the situation through your loved one's eyes and in this note women are our loved ones like the women that are hurting the people that are hurting the children the the transgender community the lgbt community the our our moms you know we have to be able to put our shit to the side and see things through their eyes 
just to see it, right? Next, to be empathic, to be more empathic, to live your life with empathy is to be non-judgmental. Judgment of another person's situation discounts the experience and is an attempt to what? This was me. Protect ourselves from the pain, their pain of the situation. So that judgment is a self-defense mechanism. We judge, so you're like, yeah, that's them, not me, though, okay? Right? So that's the second step. The next thing is to understand another person's feelings. We have to be in touch with our own feelings. And for men, I think it's so important because we sometimes just little clues about those feelings. Like, we feel them, but we don't really process them, right? We have to be in touch with our own feelings in order to understand someone else's. Again, that requires putting your own stuff aside to focus on your loved ones. I took it another step and I said, not just to understand, not just to other understand another person's feelings, we have to be in touch with our own power. We have to be in touch with our own power to effectively respond or to be in that moment to hear someone else's vulnerabilities you understand i'm talking like you're going to respond back to me and then the last thing is this to communicate your understanding of that person's feelings right so you have to hear it you have to be non-judgmental you have to understand and then lastly the action is you have to communicate that you understand so when people were coming at me, that men are trash, da, 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 and coming with all this emotion and coming with all these things and all these examples, one, two, three, looking on TV, looking Sylvester Stallone, look at all these people. Our role as men, acknowledging the power that we have, being empathic in that moment is to say, I understand. I understand. I understand how you feel that way. And a lot of times what men will do is to try to, I understand, but, or I understand, and then what needs to happen is da-da-da-da. Nope, I understand. Since I've tried to indoctrinate myself with the more empathic view, I think I've been a better friend. I think I've been a better colleague. I think I've been a better husband. I think I've been a better father. Because in those moments when I feel my defenses rising and I feel myself getting angry or feel myself turning up, I take a step back. I get it. Period. When my kids are coming to me with, you know, yip yapping about something and they did something stupid and they feel neglected or they feel whatever. Instead of like, uh, what you need to do, you need to do. Just like, yo, I get it. I remember it. Like, for my kid, like, yeah, I, I remember being 11. It's hard. It's hard. You're right. I understand. That, to me, is how men can actively counter this trash mentality. We can actively counter that. 
Now, that means taking the high road sometimes. That means being hurt sometimes. That means, like, sitting in that, in that, you know, in that feeling, being vulnerable, being exposed in those authentic moments. That's what it takes. But guess what? We have the power to do that. We, have, we are afforded the power and the space to do that. That's how, you know, I don't know who you believe in, but that's how God has made us strong. That is the strength, I believe, in my opinion, that God has given men to be in those moments, to not pass judgment, to hear to put our stuff aside and be like, I hear you. That's it. Just listen. That's so hard because as men, we want to fix. We, we don't want people to feel pain for real. We really don't. We want people, we want people to live in harmony for the most part. That's an exact, that's an oversimplification. But for the people that we care about, we want, we don't want no beef. So we want to come in, oh, you you feel scared? All right, well, well, let me let me help you not be scared anymore. Let me turn on these lights. Uh, yeah, come, come on over here. Let, let's do this. You know, that's what we come in and we want to do. We want to fix. But sometimes we got to sit in the dark with them. Oh, you scared? All right, let me come sit. I understand. It is scary in here. You know, a lot of times my kids will come in in the middle of the night, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. For a stretch, my daughter was coming into my room every night. Daddy, I'm scared. I'll be like, oh my God, tired. You know what I'm saying? That's my stuff. That's my stuff coming in. Oh my God, uh, go back to bed. It's not scary. There's nothing over there. You in a room, the light, the night light is on, relax. But you know what happened? She'll go back to her room. Two minutes later, she'll come back. I'm still scared, Daddy. Using my empathy and my power and my privilege of being an adult and being older and being wiser. Going into that room and saying, you know what, Brooklyn, it is. It's scary. It's, 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 I understand why you're scared. I understand. And I put my hand on her back and she falls asleep in 30 seconds. As opposed to having to come back and forth to my room for three hours. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, I hopefully, I, I made some sense with that. I was kind of talking it through as I was going along. Um, but, yo, man, I want you to try that. I want you to think about that. Uh, this is the Idea Manhood Podcast. Spread this episode. Yo, I feel like this is my best one. I know I say that after every episode, but I really feel like... I. I uh, yeah, yeah, spread that. Spread, let people understand what you just listened to. Uh, share it on your timeline. Uh, this is the Idea Manhood podcast. This is season three, episode two Trash and Empathy. Five mics, husband, father, educator, writer, MC. Rate me, share it, let people know what's good. I'll holler at y'all next time. Peace out. One.